Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 41. I'm Michael John Simpson. Joining me again is my co-host, the smart, classy, talented, and all-around amazing human being, Kitty Brown. This week we chatted about 4th of July weekend barbecues, nonconformity, the goth lifestyle, social anxiety, orange is the new black, the American prison system, marriage equality, inside out, ballet, drinking, Terminator Genesis, dope, fun franchise movies of 2015, Benedict Cumberbatch, dumping cable, streaming services, Hannibal, entertainment technology, Twin Peaks, actress nude scene consent, being naked, parenting, Amy Schumer, and then I went into a horrible mansplaining rant about comedy and satire, women of color stereotypes, America Ferreira, Latin media, Jane the Virgin, and being stared at by John Cleese. The struggle is real. Here's episode 41 of the Something Something Experience. Happy Fourth of July weekend. Mm-hmm. Today's National Hangover Day. National Hangover Day. Yes. <laughs> I'm not all that hungover. I didn't really have that much. I mean, we, I had a lot of food yesterday. I guess I have a food hangover today. Yeah, I don't get hangovers, as you well know. I just woke up wanting French fries yet again. <laughs> that will change. Mm-hmm. One day it will change. I don't know. I mean, I think this might be my vegan superpower. Mm-hmm. Like maybe. Yeah, because before I would get hangovers like very rarely, but every once in a while. But since going vegan, haven't had a hangover. Hmm. Well, enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. It's worth giving up cheese for. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I just had a lot of food. I mean, we went to two different parties, mm-hmm. two different barbecues. So. Oh my god. And gosh. I ate so much at the first one that, that yeah. by the time I got to the second one, I had like. One piece of like bacon wrapped filet, and then a bunch of the salad. <laughs> one of the four salads we brought, and then yeah. I just you know had probably a total of three fingers of scotch over the course of like five hours, and it was like didn't really drink all that much. Mostly drank water. Fingers are the unit of measurement. Yeah, I mean, if you take a take a scotch glass and like hold up the side of a finger, you know, oh, and, you know the okay, thickness of a finger. So two fingers of scotch is. Yeah. It's it, a finger, depending on the kind of glass you're using, but a finger usually represents you know a shot or mm. or you know it's kind okay. of an un unspecific measurement. Gotcha. But uh, usually, <laughs> with a person drinking whiskey, it's it's a you know in any kind of a more than a chug-a-lug kind of way. It's it's a the classy way to measure, you know. You're not exactly measuring when using a, a, a jigger or something like that, but you're, you're mm-hmm. you know. So. Yeah. But uh, it's a little different in Glen Cairn glasses, those the little the little tiny, thin, tall glasses for mm-hmm. scotch that, that are specifically more for, for scotch than for other whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how much alcohol uh, Brian and Alyssa are up after this party. Oh yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I never feel I I I brought a bottle obviously, and but shared it because it was a bottle that was brought to our uh, housewarming, and so I didn't, you know, I shared it. But then when I was making Danny's drink, she wasn't drinking whiskey, so I went and got into their fr- freezer and got uh, whatever oh vodka yeah, they were drinking. It was just so alcohol, yeah, yeah. And they have a giant <laughs> bar and they have a giant, but everybody brings something, you yeah. know, and so yeah. it's kind of a communal thing, and they right. don't they don't mind because what if they're not going to sit around and just drink it all the time, so they don't really care. So. Yeah, well, and I know like every time I've thrown a party, I've always ended up with more alcohol than when I started. Yeah, so that's why I said like I'm wondering how much they're up in alcohol yeah. like how much extra alcohol they have now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's usually the way it is yeah but yeah there was there was probably a good 
half a dozen. No, there was more than half a dozen. Probably a good yeah. seven or eight bottles of vodka in their freezer. Yeah. And they have a tall, uh, the, the, an over-under freezer fridge, and the, the the height of the freezer is tall enough for the tall for like Grey Goose bottles, which are really mm-hmm. tall. So yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was so much fun. Oh yeah, their parties are always great. It, yeah. It. Uh, we're speaking of. Former uh, podcast guests, Brian and Alyssa, and mm-hmm. uh, they, they have big parties every year. So. TDK parties are TDK, always legendary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was no, there was a little bit of fireworks let, uh, letting off in the backyard, but there were no fire spitting. Yeah, I was surprised. Nobody ate fire or did anything with yeah. it. Like, yeah. People around the neighborhood, it was in the valley, so people around the neighborhood were shooting off fire, big fireworks and mm-hmm. stuff. So that was kind of fun too. But, yeah. Uh, a lot of people brought their pets and then left early, and, and mm-hmm. it was it, it was a li- it was fun, but it was a little different than than other parties I've been. To. I guess I've never been to a Fourth of July thing at their place, so it's mm. always they usually have theirs in June or yeah, it's a Carnival August. Diabolico. Right they they used to yeah they were thinking about trying to do that, but then their you know certain scheduling circumstances they said screw it we're not putting on the big carnival this year we're just going to do a Fourth of July par- barbecue so yeah yeah. And that was good, but we got there uncharacteristically late because usually Danny and I are amongst the first people to arrive, at least right. within the first hour or so. And we got there <laughs> four or five hours into it, and, yeah. and you know. But then, so it was weird because the kind of the schedule of the party was stepped up for us because mm-hmm. very shortly after we got there, it got dark. Very, and then very shortly after that, the you know the whiskey people started switching from like ice drinks to straight whiskey and things like that. And, <laughs> And cigars started coming mm-hmm. out and stuff like that. And usually that's after four or five hours of being yeah. there and after you've e- eaten and all that. So Well, like, as soon as I got there, I ran into, like, Andrea and Zach and yeah. Brian and a yeah. bunch of them. And they're like, oh, hey, we're on our way to the whiskey dinosaur to get more whiskey. And I'm like, of course you are. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we just stacked all the whiskey bottles outside and everybody was just trying different this and that. And I think, obviously, the hit of the party was, well, those those who like the smoky, peaty stuff were, were raving about the Ardbeg, but... A lot of us were uh, kept going back to the Yamazaki, the Japanese whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, that's good stuff. That's mostly what I had. I had uh, first finger was the stuff I brought, and then the Macallan Twelve, and then welcome to Whiskey Chat. Yeah. <laughs> know, probably a billion whiskey podcasts out there, but yeah, um, no, it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I had a good time. A lot of laughs. Uh, mm-hmm. Saw a lot of really different interesting drama than usual not bad yeah. drama but just different kind of things um, i'm always so oblivious to that's it. good that's yeah. good i usually kind of ignore that stuff but a couple times we were kind of caught up right in the middle of some of that stuff because i don't know i don't know why but it, it just was weird but it wasn't bad it wasn't like oh god here we go it wasn't anything like that or and mm-hmm. it wasn't you know anything violent or bad or anything it was just people being odd was all so yeah but, but it was fun it was you know it, it, it their their parties are the kind of thing that i could go to four or five times a year and love it if they did mm-hmm. it you know yeah but i'm of, sure it's a lot of work to oh, put something yeah, like that yeah. on well their house is so i would imagine the upkeep on their house that and actually it's funny because Alyssa and i were talking about housework and and you know cleaning and how do you how do you clean this and how do you clean that and, <laughs> How do and, they clean the dinosaur in the bathroom? Yeah, you, like a use white a regular bead? duster or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> the thing that I was asking about was the leaves in the other bathroom. Oh, in the autumnal yeah. in, in Brian's autumnal bathroom, mm-hmm. all the leaves all over the walls and the ceiling. She goes, 
Dude, those are so full of dust. Look, go just look. It's so full of dust. Homeboy does not dust. Okay. (laughs) She had very different opinions on their on their the the differences in their housekeeping. I just want to know, like, like have a little window into what it's like when they're cleaning because it's like, honey, can you clean the dinosaur? Like, you know, (laughs) or the pirate ship. (laughs) They have such a great house. I'll have to. I think I'll in the photos section. I'll post a picture of me and the dinosaur that I I always take a weird picture that a lot of people. Lots of people were taking. A lot more people were taking dinosaur pictures last night. Yeah, I'll post one of those in the photos. Well, who else do you know who has a T Rex like? Punching through their bathroom wall. That's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, we just yeah. You don't know nobody, nobody, nobody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know it's it's funny. I I am always. I don't I don't know why. I don't know what it is about my personality that's this way. But I'm always curious about people's personal lives about people yeah. the lives of people i know about mm-hmm. people i don't know i don't really care you know like celebrities and all that right, i don't right. really care that much but i'm always just i would love to be a fly on the wall and i know it's totally creepier creeper <laughs> creepy sounding or whatever but i would just i'm just fascinated by human interaction i mean i know how i am at home and i know how danny and i are at home and i yeah. know how i've been how i've been at home with other people in my life and that yeah. kind of thing but i'm i'm always just curious Maybe it's that whole thing of, in my life, I've always felt so different than everyone else. Yeah. And so, even from when I was a little, little, little kid, mm-hmm. when, even to, even at the point where almost gender lines are blurred, when you're so young, you're like three or four, my mm-hmm. earliest memories of interacting with other kids, of peers, I was always different. I always felt odd. I always felt yeah. out of place and always well, felt different. Well, that's why you ended up in the goth scene. I guess. I guess. <laughs> but I, I was thinking about that today earlier about why. Why I feel that way and why if it was one thing happened which caused me to behave subconsciously a different way which further kind of alienated myself from people or was it some other thing? Did I have a sign on my forehead that says, uh, you know, alienate and, and you know, <laughs> not, don't be nice to this person? Yeah. That kind of thing. And, and I don't mean to come off sounding like a crybaby, but there's been a, I mean, it's been my whole life. Yeah. It's been my whole life. I mean, I've definitely had similar experiences, especially going, you know, through private school with the same 20 kids. Like, sure. in preschool, they oh, decided yeah. that I was the weird kid, and I was like, uh, alright, I guess I have no say in this, like, this is just what's happening, and that literally was how it yeah, was. Yeah, I was, for like, I was just the kid that know, other kids expelled. made fun of, yeah. or picked on, or, or treated differently yeah. or kept out of the group or mm-hmm. picked last or mm-hmm. you know and and I don't know I don't know I don't know what what, what it was I mean I could, I'm pretty good at very very coldly and objectively looking at me and my behavior yeah. and how I am in relation to the outside world and being able to honestly say, well, the reason why I'm I why this happened is because I did this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid to do that. I'm not afraid to look right. at that. I'm not afraid to examine it. I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. I'm not, a, you know, it's just, it is what it is. But there's really a lot of things that 
mystified me about my past about why I was just so damn odd and different. Yeah, but I mean, the story has a happy ending, at least, you know, for the both of us, because again, we're in the goth scene. We found the island of yeah. misfit toys, yeah. and now we have these awesome barbecues that we go to yeah. with all the other weird Oh, well, I've talked about it on the podcast before, even when I was a little kid, I was really, really drawn to the Tom Lehrer song of, mm-hmm. of L.Y. on... on the electric company and when they get mm-hmm. to the part about Dracula it made me, it gave me goosebumps and <laughs> yeah. that was always my favorite thing and yeah. how I loved watching you know monster monster more you know horror movies when yeah. old, old school monster horror movies well, when this I was goes, a kid and this goes back to my theory that like goths like you don't become goth you're just born like and eventually you find your people you know are we are we the same cut from the same cloth as your Edgar Allan Poe's and your and your your Mary Shelley's and your and your I don't know uh, who's the who's the Bram Anais Nin and Bram oh. Stoker and 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 the um, oh who's the the one with the three word name she's an author uh, Zoe P Bright or whatever mm-hmm. you know are we cut from that cloth are we just these dark souls who just one out of a thousand or one out of whatever (laughs) number just happens to be the kind of person who takes a walk on the dark side or or, i mean what you know what is it about well we all have way too many feelings yeah yeah, very emotional (laughs) for starters way too many feelings um and you know like it's like you mentioned on the podcast with andrew there's just something inside all of us where we're just like you know, you have that that emotional turmoil that like never goes away, no matter like how much therapy you throw at it, or you know, like antidepressants or whatever. It's just always kind of churning, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is that way. Yeah. I don't know. It, coupled with that, I've always kind of felt like I was somehow disenfranchised as well. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't want to come off being like a whiny bitch, but. Um, but it, it 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 was just one of those things where I kind of sat outside the circle and and looked in and saw everybody else mm-hmm. inside doing their thing and you know and some people say well if you if, if you didn't really want to be part of that group because yeah. you don't relate to it so rejoice in the fact that you're not part of that group but then there's that thing of belonging. And even within the goth community, there's like an inner and outer circle sometimes. Really? And there's sometimes there's a, there's a, this flair for drama and flair for, <laughs> for people being so willing to cut and run, people being mm. so willing to ostracize and alienate. And I don't know if it's that whole nerd rage thing of <laughs> now that we have the internet I can pick on people you know just like people picked on me or <laughs> you know or I don't know I, I guess I'm feeling a really introspective and kind of looking at my life and the way I am and stuff yeah. lately and, and I don't know I don't know what that is yeah I don't know I mean I've always felt nothing but welcome and accepted in the goth scene and all of the people that I've brought in have felt nothing but welcomed and accepted you Mm -hmm. know and I've brought in people from every walks of life who are like transgender and pansexual you know and like all across the spectrum and they're like this is amazing like everybody here is so nice nobody's judging blah 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 
I think the one time I got judged was like I made friends with this one guy and like he likes to think of himself as like upper echelon of the goth scene, right? <laughs> that face exactly. Um, you know, and like we were hanging out for a little bit, like three or four times, and then like all of a sudden he just decided to like cut me out and it's like, uh, alright. So I saw him at Mel and I was like, Hey, what's up? And he's like, Oh hey, and just kinda of brushed me off, like walked away, you know? And I was telling another friend about this and he's like, Wait, 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 stop. This guy thinks he's upper echelon of the goth scene. Like, you know that just means he's the biggest fucking nerd there and I'm like, Oh yeah, I know. But, like, in my ten years in the scene, that's the only time, like, I've ever had somebody, hmm. like, be weird or mean yeah, or Yeah, there's, there's definitely a certain me. amount of snobbery, but it, it also <laughs> depends on what club you go to. I mean, that yeah. that exists to the nth degree at certain other clubs that most of us don't frequent. Bar Sinister. Yeah. Well, <laughs> wasn't going to name names, but... Um, yeah. But, eh, but, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, there, there's... There's a... Definitely within the goth thing, there's definitely a sense of elitism I've, I've found. Just like, and it's funny, goths pride themselves on being outside of society and being different and being individualistic and unique and everything. Yeah. But yet, every year they all get dressed up exactly the same and go to Disneyland on mass <laughs> uh, to be part of this collective of people who are outside society. But you're still. It doesn't matter what you do unless you're just completely, totally, utterly alone Mm -hmm. on an island or in a desert or out in a little shack in the woods somewhere. You really are always going to belong to some form of group and you're always going to conform to something. (laughs) And even the the harder you try to be Mm nonconformist, the more you are conforming to nonconformity. It's like the goth kids on South Park, you know? Yes. Yes. I'm such a nonconformist. I'm not going to conform to what you guys say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go back to your Barbie dolls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, it's so funny because I feel like so much of that was, like, me in junior high before I knew any better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I remember feeling... I don't know if superior is the right word, but it definitely was reveling in my difference. And and it was one of those times in my life where working at clubs and being at clubs was all I had to do. It was all I was mm-hmm. responsible for. I didn't yeah. have to do anything else. I went to school and stuff at the same time, too. But, but I was DJing and barbacking, and so I didn't have to do anything outside of that world for mm-hmm. a while and you I was just like, had to make sure your was, eyeliner was on point i was living at night i was i was living you know working or living at night and and you know being one of the creatures of the night and it was mm-hmm. it was kind of cool but after a while i i got tired of of i don't know i i missed i missed going and doing th- things during the day i mean it, it kind of <laughs> happened and, it was one of those things where you, you just unless you're living in a a city with a with a 24-hour cultural center or not cultural center but a 24-hour kind of pulse to it mm-hmm. um, it's hard to be in Denver it was impossible to be a complete and total night owl there was yeah. just everything shut down after a certain yeah. time well I mean, whenever I freelance, you know, my schedule is very nocturnal, so it's like, you just kind of have to shift everything. Like, if I wake up at three, then it's like, all right, I need to get my ass out of bed, go to the bank, because they're closing at five, get here because they close at nine, and then do this, that, and the other thing, you know? So it just kind of shifts, like, 
the way in which you handle errands and right. chores and all that. You well, know? I remember the days before ATMs. I don't think I had a bank account before ATMs, but before, um, but but I remember the days before where my mom was always pissed off because she had to go to the bank to get cash for something, and they were going to close at five o'clock, and their their business hours were exactly nine to five yeah. Monday through Friday, and like a hard five, right? A hard five <laughs> o'clock. I mean, they were locking the doors at four fifty nine and fifty nine seconds. Yeah, um, yeah, I. I remember that. And, I mean, and it's so much easier now, too, because you can just, like, use your phone to deposit a check. It's like, oh, I don't even need to put pants on. No, you don't. Because we live in the future. That's right. We live in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of talk about about how it, it is that alienating and isolating all of us and eroding society from within. And, mm. But you see pictures, because you know, oh, people don't talk to each other, everybody's on their phone. You oh, see, the newspaper Yeah, one. you see yeah. pictures from yeah. people commuting back in the 1900s and on a subway and everybody reading their newspapers in the 1930s on a, sub, on a, on a train or a bus or whatever. And it's like, people didn't talk to each other back then either. Yeah. If anything, now people are talking to each other more. Mm-hmm. Across distances. Yeah. Well, I was um, talking to someone about like my social anxiety and everything, and the way that I explained it is, I do better with people who introduce themselves like cats than people who introduce themselves like dogs. Because if somebody's like really exuberant, and is like, "Hey, oh my god, it's good to meet you," blah blah blah, and just like bombarding me, I'm like, uh, "Back off," you know. But if somebody introduces themselves kind of like a cat, where it's like, "Oh hey, I'm so and so," like da da, you know, ask a couple of questions and then goes away for ten. minutes minutes like i can handle that a lot better yeah 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 Yeah, whereas you know a cat will come up and very tentatively slink into the room and Mm -hmm. kind of observe you and check you out and then come up and maybe sniff the tip of your finger and and kind of scamper away and then maybe kind of come back and warm up to you whereas a dog nose in crotch immediately (laughs) and and trying to jump on you and lick you yeah yeah definitely definitely uh stopped Going for the crotch right away. A long time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, uh, college, um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and that's good. I think I'm gonna have to write that down. That yeah. might be a good bit for comedy. So, have you been watching Orange Is the New Black? No, Danny did. Danny watches that show. I'm really not big on prison dramas. Uh, okay. I don't dig it. I'm not yeah. a. I have this real thing influenced from a very young age from my original parents, my mother and my father both, very, very uh, uh, letter of the law, obey the law, don't ever get in trouble, don't ever get arrested, always call mm-hmm. policeman sir. Uh, never do anything that's ever going to wind up putting with you winding up in jail. Yeah. Because we won't come and bail you out. My so parents there was were very, like that very <laughs> there was this thing that was instilled in me that, you know, people who went to jail were bad and, and people who were in prison were bad and, and there was never my dad would watch Dragnet and other cop shows, you know, mm-hmm. very sixties, seventies, yeah. very clean cut, you know, whistle whistle stop uh, you know, uh, uh um you know, Boy Scout type cop shows. Mm-hmm. And and you know who then the bad guy always always got caught and always got always lost and always yeah. you know there was always a consequence and so there's something that runs very very deep through the heart of me about watching shows that involve people in prison or people in jail and and mm-hmm. and, and and being 
averse to that. So yeah. it's hard for me to watch. And I, I've seen snippets of Orange is the New Black, and it's yeah. funny, and it's it's touching, and it's 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 moving, and it's well written, and blah blah blah. But then there's something about it because they're all in prison that there's some, and it doesn't even make any logical sense. It's right. this thing from a very formative time, right. from my earliest kind of media memories. That well, kind especially of, like with some of the characters, like they go into their backstory and they show how they didn't do anything wrong. They just got railroaded by mm-hmm. the system because mm-hmm. they don't have enough money mm-hmm. to, you know, hire a good lawyer. And sure. like, you know, one of sure. them was pressured to plead right. out and stuff like that. So I think, you know, it's calling attention to those issues. But one thing that I really like about season three is it's calling attention to uh, the privatization oh, of yeah. prisons, of course. which of is course. a huge problem, you know, and like, I'm most of the way through the third season. I'm probably going to finish it tonight. But, um, you know, the prison gets taken over by a private company. And a lot of the inmates are making panties for this, like, fancy store that's supposed to be, like, you know, a Victoria's Secret type place. And the one thing that I hope people realize is that happens Mm -hmm. in real life. Like, that is not fiction. Slave labor in the prison system is a real thing. Yeah, where they're paid, like, 89 cents an hour, you know. And, uh, in fact, Victoria's Secret is made by prison labor. So I hope people are able to make that connection that this isn't, you know, just a fiction. This is something that is going on, like, currently in the country. Well, along those lines... uh, uh, our our illustrious President Obama just uh, enacted, uh, I don't know if it was an executive order or a piece of oh, legislation. Oh, yeah, he commuted a lot of non-violent drug a lot offenses. Of non, yes, yes. And let a, is, they're letting a lot of people out of prison, which I think is phenomenally good. Yeah, yeah. And I am hoping that that is another pebble on the mountain of trying to get uh, and, and the same week, uh, Oregon legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that 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 like like marriage equality that that pop marijuana being legal will be the law of the land within the next ten years. Yeah, hopefully yeah. sooner than that. But I don't know if it. I mean, be I definitely that. know that it's going to happen in our lifetime. Oh, sure, it's like sure. let's just get to it all. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's, let's, let's just fast just forward through all of this. It would be you know? so nice if we could just have a little thing of the, you know, certain glimpses of the future where it's just like, <laughs> can you just stop? Because it's, you're not going to hold on to this anymore. Right. You're just, you're not going to be able to hold this kind of sway over people anymore. Just, yeah. just drop it, just stop and move on. Yeah. You know, it's like these governors in the state, in the, the states where they're stopping all marriages. In oh, order to stop, God, in order that's to so stop ridiculous. Gay marriages and it's just, I'm just... <laughs> Yeah, well, like, all the county clerks quit, you know, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one city in, like, mm-hmm. South Carolina. It's always those Fine. fucking little hicks. Fine. Let them know? quit. Let them go find a job that, that falls in line with their religious beliefs. Yeah. I mean, as far as I know, Radio Shack is still hiring. So, you know, it, 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 you there are plenty of jobs and plenty of businesses out there where you can... Discri- unfortunately, legally legally discriminate against people based on whatever they, whatever you want. Yeah, and, and you'll suffer the it. consequences. Go for it, but <laughs> but but government jobs, jobs where you know, or medical jobs like yeah. like like those pharmacists or Who nurses, to give right. birth control or whatever. Right, it's ridiculous. Right, right. 
then it's like you know if you're going into a scientific field a medical field why and you but you have these deeply held religious beliefs mm-hmm. why are you going into that well field? and like whatever happened to the hippocratic oath of first do no harm mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like this especially gets me with like these catholic hospitals that will refuse to do an abortion on a woman who's having a miscarriage it's right. like she could die yeah she could very easily die yes but she <laughs> has to live with the consequences of her sin and that's that's just the way it goes <laughs> letter of the law of the bible is more important than you know a person's life yeah like a full you know a autonomous fully actual adult person life. right right yeah <laughs> right right yeah yeah it's 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 but the thing that keeps resonating with me about marriage equality is nobody lost yeah it's not that the people who were against it lost mm-hmm. they didn't lose anything yeah they didn't lose anything yeah you don't you still get to be married you still get to be married to the person of your choice you still get to go to your church you still get to go and worship your god the way you want to yeah you still get to do all those things yeah that's it you didn't <laughs> lose anything yeah. You didn't lose anything other than the ability to dictate to other people what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Other people are allowed in that circle now of being able to marry the person yeah. that they love and, and reap all the legal benefits of that. Well, there was that one article going around that's like, you know, what Christians lost. And it's like, yeah. you know, they lost the chance to be loving. They lost the chance to be accepting. They right. lost, like, the crux of it is like, you know, you Christians who are freaking out about gay marriage lost the chance to practice what you preach and actually be Christ-like in your behavior. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. Brian uh, posted that. Was it Brian? Was it? I don't. Know. I've been seeing it a lot in my feed. Like yeah. it's getting posted he, all over. Um, he posted it, and then I commented on it about nobody lost and blah blah blah. And, and <laughs> but, but I, I read the article, but he, mm-hmm. he misinterpreted what I was saying. But yeah, but yeah, it's, it's the um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's the thing. Nobody lost anything. Everybody yeah. won. Yeah, you got to keep your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. These people got to be, you know. Right, but I mean, you have some people out there who legitimately believe that now, because gay marriage is legal, that, like, the government is going to make their straight marriage null and void and, like, force them to get gay because married. Because somebody told them that. Yeah, because, somebody told like, them some that. crazy nutter on the internet or on Fox News, you know, like, said something dumb. And it's just, it like... Doesn't, it doesn't take anything away from anybody. Yeah. It doesn't affect you. I don't know. I mean, personally, Mer- if the like, if the government wanted to give me like a hot lesbian wife, I'd be down. But yeah, yeah. you know, that's this just me. This is your me. government doled wife. <laughs> you be got like, a package with a stamp, official stamp on it. You know, <laughs> contents one one lesbian wife. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's like you you just haven't they haven't lost anything. They haven't yeah. had anything taken away from them. Right. Right. There's nothing. They lost taken- the ability to discriminate, and that's it. Well, and but, boo but, fucking but who? How are how is somebody who's married discriminating against someone else's wedding that they don't even know that they don't? Because I mean, obviously, these people wouldn't associate with anyone who's gay. Yeah, wouldn't be friends with anybody who's gay. Wouldn't go or to the, the wedding. Wouldn't who, go to the wedding of anybody who's yeah, gay. Or the people who are gay that they know aren't out to them because they're such dicks about right. it. Right. <laughs> so so how does two people getting married affect you in any way any more than another straight couple getting married? Unless you're invited to the wedding. Yeah. Unless it's somebody you know or somebody who's fan, you know, somebody in your family. Right. 
two straight people who get married well, and then divorced and then married and then divorced and then married again. You know, there was that meme going around about gay marriage where, you know, if you're against gay marriage, it's the equivalent of being on a diet and then getting angry that the person at the restaurant next to you is eating cake. It's like, well, but I can't have cake. And it's like, yes, you put yourself on a diet. That was you your choice. You can have cake. You can have whatever <laughs> you want. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's just... <laughs> you chose to follow these rules, you know? But I, yeah. other people make different choices. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I don't know. The more the more I go along, the more I'm just like... I like the meme that's been going around for 4th of July that said, This is America. Let Christians be Christians. Let atheists be atheists. Let gay people be gay. Let pe- mm-hmm. gay people get married. Let people smoke weed. Shoot off your... Go shoot your guns. Yeah. Do your thing. It's America. It's the land of freedom. It's the land of choice. It's the land of being allowed to be who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, let everybody be who they are and wish the gay couple next door a happy honeymoon. You know, yeah. I mean, let it go. Just let's. We're all here. We all have to live in the same space. Let's just try to just... You know, we're all just getting up and going to work every day and trying Mm -hmm. to put food on the table for us and the people we care about and take care of us and ours. That's it. That's all we're doing. Everybody's doing exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what your your political ideologies are, what your religious beliefs are. It doesn't matter. Or if you have none at all, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to get through life. And that's it. Why make it any... Why expend the energy? Life is hard enough as it is work. Life is enough work as it is. Mm -hmm. We have to expend so much energy just to survive day-to-day life. Why expend any more energy to make anything any harder for anybody else than it needs to be? Why? What is the point? What is the point? Very simply, because you're an asshole. Yes. I guess. I need to calm down. (laughs) So, I haven't seen any more movies since last week. I finally saw Inside Out. Oh, and? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I liked it very, very much. (laughs) I think... It was better than I expected. Yeah, yeah. I think think that movie speaks to women Mm -hmm. uh, who remember what it's like to be a little girl and the turmoil of of being a girl, of being a person. Of yeah. figuring out your emotions and your feelings. Yeah. But I also think that movie speaks uh, to parents really well. Oh, yeah. And, and, Absolutely. And so, what part of that movie made, really kind of spoke to you the most? Oh, what yeah. concept or what idea or what scene or what anything about it um, made you well, like it the way the that you did? There's the one scene where the mom, like, asks uh, the little girl to keep smiling and keep being happy. You know, and she's like, you've always been her happy little girl. Keep putting on that happy face because that's what we need now. But, like, she's not happy. Right. You know? And, right. like, I was asked to do that a yeah. lot as a yeah, little kid. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, especially at family gatherings. Like, it didn't matter what I was going through, what I was feeling. It was always just like, all right, get it together. You need to act normal. And that's how my parents would phrase it is you need to act normal. You need to act happy. Like, don't talk about this, that, and the other thing, you know? And, like... They were, um, you know, very big on like putting on that, you know, putting shiny the, yeah, veneer. Yeah, putting on the in face. front of other the game, people. What did, my, what did my mom, my my grandmother call it? 
the the show face or the the game face. Yeah, I mean, and I've never been good at that. I yeah. mean, you've known me for almost ten years now. Like, I'm not good at that. If I'm feeling something, I'm feeling something, and that's just how it goes. Although I tell you what, though. Yeah. I tell you, you are good at something. Oh. Last night at the party. You disappeared for a while, and then you came back inside, and I knew what was going on, but you didn't let anybody else know what was going on. You just kind of walked back in and sat back down next to us and just carried on with the conversation and carried on with the party like nothing at all had happened. Mm -hmm. So you can put on a game face when you you choose to. So I have to not say that you weren't good at it back then, but you certainly Mm -hmm. were good at it last night. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we all uh, we all deserve an Oscar for acting at some time or another in our life. Mm-hmm. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, there's times when we totally can't hold it together and completely just you know hearts just out there on the sleeve going, "Harry, you, yay, what's going on?" Yeah. But there are other times when we're just completely holding it together and we are you know we are. You know, uh, prima donna ballerinas on point. You know, where mm-hmm. we and then you show nothing in the face of the pain that's shooting up your leg. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Um, dude, ballet like a, is so like it's such a fucked up aesthetic. Like as somebody who did ballet as a little kid, and like I quit because when I turned like eleven, you know, twelve ish, like that age, they started telling me I was fat. And you can't tell a little kid that, no, but no. it's such a fucked up aesthetic. Yeah. You know, it's the whole like. Like, the essence of ballet is beauty is pain. And I'm like, yeah. not oh, out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Although no. I have mad respect for um, the ballerina who was just... Misty Copeland? Misty Copeland. Oh, my yeah. God. She's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. She's so powerful. Every picture I've seen of her just radiates this internal mm-hmm. raw power. Yeah. Just raw. You know, yeah. it's just... More so than any, you know, UFC fighter, MMA <laughs> guy, you know, movie actor, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Manganiello, Arnold Schwarzenegger, what it just, just it's internal raw, yeah. just like, it's like, it's like the light of Gaia shining through her. <laughs> you know, just like, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. It's really, it sounds really lame, no, but she is there's just strong. something about oh, her. Man. And because... To like you said, beauty is pain. To be a ballerina and to be really, really good at it, you have to ignore so much pain. Yeah. I don't. I don't. There's a part of me that 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 has an, an, an immense admiration for mm-hmm. that, but there's also a part of me that's almost a little horrified by it. Mm, yeah. At that same thing, you know, I love a good ballet, and I love I've been to many, and I love going yeah. to and going and watching, and it's it's beautiful, and it's 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 unique. There's really mm-hmm. nothing else like it. Right, right. But but and it's definitely a form of art. Of but, course, without question. Yeah, and art is pain, all that. Yeah, but, but, but that is like extreme end yeah, of the pain scale. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, I guess it's a personal choice. I mean, I yeah. guess to really, yeah. for Misty Copeland to re- rise to where she has risen, mm-hmm. she had to make lots of personal choices yeah. to, to endure that 
pain to power mm-hmm. through that and thing. So much respect because nobody's so holding a gun. Nobody's holding a gun to any little girl's heads and said, "You will be a ballerina." I, nobody's mm, doing that. I anymore. had some harsh ass French teachers when I was doing oh, ballet. Sure. Like, sure, I'm <laughs> like sure. Like I got whapped a few times. Well, that, you know, that was that was 20 years ago. That yeah. you know, I mean, like I said, these days, I don't know, maybe in some Balkan country or something. But, but, you know, I, I just. It's it's that thing, especially in the western in the western western world. Yeah, the industrialized western world. There's nobody holding a gun to anybody's head saying you will be about you will be a ballerina. You know, Heil. <laughs> Achtung. Yeah. What's funny Baby. is um, you know the the German longsword stance is you know kind of a wider version of a second position from ballet, and like. I didn't even know that, like, my teachers were this good until I think it was, like, my second German longsword class. Uh, one of the instructors was like, Kitty, did you do ballet? And I was like, yeah, for, like, 12 years. How did you know? He's like, that's a perfect second position. Uh. Was your teacher French? And I'm like, yes, and she used to hit me. Oh, she hit me with a stick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I still have that muscle memory, thanks to her. <laughs> Growing up in, in school in the 70s and 80s, there was always that pointer stick. Mm. And even though nothing ever happened with that when I was at school, yeah. you think back, it's like, I wonder how many times that stick drew blood, you know, <laughs> back in the 50s or yeah. something, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, times have changed. Now it's all smart boards and... Anyway, but yeah, yeah, the ballet thing. But yeah, Misty Copeland is just mm-hmm. fucking fierce. Just yeah. fucking fierce. Yeah. And again, such a great role model for so many little girls out there sure. who couldn't see themselves, sure. like, you know, sure. as especially women of color. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's big. That's big. Mm-hmm. So much is happening. So many things like that are are happening and changing, and the world is becoming more colorful and more yeah. diverse and more more of a rainbow and I, yeah. I, I I'm, I'm happy with that I'm it's happy with that it's absolutely fantastic there's still such a long way to go and I and there will always be a long way to go mm-hmm. we, even even if we get to shiny you know shiny jumpsuit future yeah. there will still be things <laughs> that people have to fight for there will still always be something yeah. that people have to fight for yeah. Um, you know, even on even on Star Trek: The Next Generation, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't mm-hmm. a perfect society. Even there was there was corruption. There was mm-hmm. people who were mad with power. Uh, you know, in the upper echelons of the Federation, there were there were you know there was always a struggle. There was always a fight, and and even if it was just their momentary personal turmoil of trying to better themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without infringing their betterment on someone else. Yeah. I, mean, I, I suppose that's the real balancing act yeah. is <laughs> self-improvement without bludgeoning people yeah. with it. Well, um, BuzzFeed put out a series of illustrations that were like, what would happen if Disney princesses had moms? Mm. And the one for Pocahontas, it's her mom braiding her hair, and Pocahontas is like, yeah, he's cute, but he told me he's here to help improve the lives of savages. And she's like, sweetie, dump him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then I saw the other uh, Disney post of of what if all the Disney characters were gay. Mm-hmm. Them cuddling, canoodling with one another, and uh... yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry, I had a lizard lizard brain moment for a minute. I was, I was baking on a rock just now. <laughs> um, meanwhile, meanwhile, in Michael's masturbatorium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was poking her hauntest. Um, 
<laughs> Don't spit out your water. I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Although bare floors, it's okay. We have a mop. Um, <laughs> have mop, we'll dribble. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, there was something else that we were going to talk about today, and I can't remember what it is now, but um, something that you had mentioned that we oh. could, well, we could talk about blah, and I don't remember what blah is. <laughs> that was what, like one and a half drinks in last night? Oh, I don't maybe, remember. but we were talking about something else. <laughs> I think it was before last night. It was. Oh, the, yeah? Maybe the last, what, when did we see each other last? Before uh, that? Friday. Now? Friday, yeah. yeah. I think it was something that we mentioned on Friday. I yeah. was also drinking it now. That's like, true. You were. You had kind of a drinky weekend. Yeah, too. I had a very drinky weekend. Well, I've been working, you know, like 10 to 12 hour days. And, you know, my art director was like, all right, party hard, everyone, because we're going to be doing overtime again this coming week. So I took that advice to heart. You made, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You followed orders. Yeah. This weekend has just been Kitty's descent into drunkenness. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to say, though, and I'll say it again. You, you never cross that line into obnoxiousness. You Aww. never, you really are, do a good job of, yeah, you're probably a little more, a little more, uh, uh, uh yeah, eager to flirt, maybe a mm-hmm. little more, um, more confident and more. Drunk Kitty is so good at flirting. Yes, oh yeah. my God. And, and convinced <laughs> that everybody wants you. Um, yep. and, and that's fine. And there's nothing wrong with confidence. Um, I mean, confidence is the best outfit you can wear, as Absolutely. you have said before. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so, but you never, yeah, I know that's something that you have worried about in the past, and I've still, mm-hmm. yet yeah, never seen you crossing in any lines of, of, yeah. of being like, oh, kitty. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you know how much I love my friends and everything, and I, I never want to, you know, be that burdensome drunk. Uh, I'm to the them, same way. I'm the same know? way. Whenever I, if I ever, 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 ever get to the point where I feel like I've had one too many, I always feel mortified by it. I'm always just so completely, utterly, horrifically mortified of, mm. of having to... to thrust that responsibility yeah. onto someone. I think the worst thing that I did this weekend was I sent out some drunk texts, but, you know, everybody was just like, oh, kitty, you're so cute. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Couple people asking for spelling clarification, but, you know, these things happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, en- enough drinks and even spell check can't help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Well, what else is going on? I'm try. Uh, we're we're gonna at some point. I really want to go see Terminator Genesis just because. Eh, you know, it looks yeah. fun, and and why not? You know, I've I feel like it's one of those movies because everybody I've talked to has either absolutely hated it or really loved it. Like, mm-hmm. there's no middle ground. Right, it's one right, of those. Right. You know, it's kind of like with um, the Jurassic World. Same thing. Yeah. Everybody loved it or hated it. And I, some people were, were vacillating at the party last night about going to see it. I'm like, oh yeah, go see it. If you like dinosaurs and people running from dinosaurs, <laughs> go see it. That's what you're going to get. It's yeah. another Jurassic Park movie. It's another you know member of yeah. the franchise. They they stay true it. They're yeah. still using 1980s science like they did in the 1990s, mm-hmm. in the ni- first 1990 movie. You know, it's like, yeah. go... It's dumb action fun. Yeah, it's Complete dumb, with yeah. all those cliches. And that's exactly what I expect Terminator Genesis to be. With yeah. probably even a little bit more humor because Arnie's back in it. Because that was the thing that was problem <laughs> the problem with, uh, the, with Christian Bale the Christian one. Bale one. There was no yeah. humor in it. It sucked all the humor out of it. Mm. And you have to have... There's There's been so many... There's been a few things um, 
you gotta have that humor back in. You gotta yeah, have. Yeah. That's what made the Timothy Dalton James Bond movies not as much fun and not as good. Was was they were too serious, mm-hmm. way too serious. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta have that sense of fun. All of the except for the very first Terminator movie, which was very straight, very you know. Yeah. Um, but then the second one, there was a lot of humor because mm-hmm. of the the stuff between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Edward Furlong. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, I really want to go see Dope. Yeah, yeah, everybody's dope talking really about good. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. There's still something so black and white with me about. I don't know. It depends on. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should. I should probably see it. it, it if anything, just to shatter stereotypes. Right. For myself. Right. Well, that's the biggest thing. Is you know, it's black characters who aren't like stereotypical black right characters. they're black nerds black yeah. nerd kids and i and i that's what the thing that i that, that i think that's is good yeah well somebody made a joke oh i can't remember what it is now but uh, so, oh i think it was a joke that somebody was quoting a, a line from that movie and said mm-hmm. that the um the the things that you know i'm a black nerd so i'm into the things that white people are into like <laughs> like uh star trek and something uh, comic books and donald glover <laughs> hey i'm i'm into donald glover oh yeah like, donald oh, glover the yeah. thirst is real why, with that one yeah why is he not spider-man is what i want to know yeah yeah why is he not shirtless more often is what <laughs> i want to know <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Your masturbatorium must be a fascinating place. Mine? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets along though. <laughs> you know. There's harmony. They're well fed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. You know. I take care of my people. <laughs> uh, takes care of my women. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something else that's coming out to Hey, I, I, Danny and I were watching we're what we call farting on the couch the other day, and uh, we were uh, a commercial for Ant Man came on, and, uh, mm. and I liked them. I said, "Are we gonna go see the ghost?" Yeah, we're gonna go see that. We're like, okay, we'll go see it. Mm. So yeah, there's more to more to come. Summer's um, summer's you know not even half over, so yeah. there's still more <laughs> more movies coming out. There's something else that was released too that I want to say. I don't know what it is, but there's still a lot of stuff. This year is kind of like the the year of the of the fun franchise film kind of yeah. thing, you know, yeah. and. and I'm kind of hoping that that I mean, you know, Mad Max was, so, was such great fun and and such so good and all the things that go with that and mm-hmm. and uh, so was uh, uh, Jurassic World and and I'm hoping that Terminator Genesis kind of follows suit. Yeah, that's one of the things I've heard about it. People are saying it's fun and there's a sense of fun to it and that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> man. I saw a trailer for Doctor Strange today. It looks really oh, good. Oh, yeah. fancy. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. <laughs> and that looks pretty good. Well, like, weren't there rumors that, like, Tilda Swinton was going to play heard, Doctor yeah. Strange and stuff like well, not that? Not right? play it, but be in it. Oh, she's in it. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it's a, it's a Bandersnatch Cumberbund. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know you're not a fan of his, but it, it he just he looks like a sea otter. Like when that meme came out, I was like, <laughs> finally, finally, I'm not the only one. I yeah. thought it was no, crazy, I, but it's not just me. I get it. I I think the thing <laughs> that I think the thing that gets so many nerd girls' panties wet about him is his it is his indomitable Britishness. 
Well, and, yeah, because that's a thing. But why Bandersnatch Cumberbund when you can Tom Hiddleston? Well, but <laughs> in the in 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 the times when you can't Tom Hiddleston, you have Bandersnatch Cumberbund. You have Bandersnatch Cumberbund. <laughs> so, um, yeah. no, but I mean, I, I there's something definitely odd about him, and 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 visibly, he's he's. He has a different look to him, a different yeah. aesthetic, yeah. and and I think the thing is about him is the characters that he plays are generally very, very like throbbing, low, brainy type characters, mm-hmm. and I think that's probably part of the appeal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Tom Hiddleston is goth bait. Like, oh you know, sure, if sure. he didn't already like instill himself as goth bait playing Loki, like he's instilling himself as goth bait in that new Victorian horror movie mm-hmm. that he's in that Benicio del Toro is doing, which I am stoked for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw uh, an ad for something else too. Another another horror movie, and now it's escaping me. I know the Strain uh, season two. It's either back or it's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Soon. I love the Strain. I, I yeah. we I reread the books, and, and oh. the, the first season was really good. Nice. And I'm looking forward to series two of that. Yeah. That'll be on Hulu or Netflix or something. Um, we're ditching our cable. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I'm going to pack up the boxes. I'm taking <laughs> when I'm on, either on. Welcome lunch to or, 2010. Yeah, or right after <laughs> How Millennial of Me. But um, of course, as soon as I said How Millennial of Me, all my friends in their 30s said, "I've been doing it for 10 years." <laughs> well, I, you're I so much that. better than I am. <laughs> um, no, I. There's something comforting about just being able to to. The thing about cable. If you don't have it, it's hard to couch surf. Mm, it's hard, not yeah. couch surf, it's hard to channel surf. Yeah, yeah. Couch surfing, a completely different thing. Um, yeah, it's hard to just sit and, you know, fart away the day, you know, just surfing channels. Yeah, but the uh, equivalent of that is binge watching. True, you know? true, I suppose, <laughs> yeah. And I've noticed that a lot of new series are on Hulu too now, mm-hmm. which is great. And having that Hulu subscription, I don't have Amazon Prime, I don't have the yeah. Yahoo one, and I don't have any of the uh, premium cable uh, subscriptions yeah. yet um, or any of that. But yeah. um, I have a uh, Netflix and Amazon, and I do just fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, Hulu, well, Hulu has this season of Hannibal on it. Oh, and Netflix nice. doesn't have that. Amazon, yeah. I don't think, has that no, either. No, not to my knowledge. But Hulu is doing a good job of having current series on there. Aquarius. We're going to be going mm-hmm. back and starting Aquarius. Yeah. Because we're caught up with, with this season of Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Um, save Hannibal. Hashtag save Hannibal. Hell yeah, save um, Hannibal. That show's really amazing. They kind of skipped over Silence of the Lambs and went straight from Red Dragon to... Uh, 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 oh, kind of Red Dragon-ish, kind of pre-Red Dragon to straight into uh, Hannibal. Mm-hmm. So they've kind of skipped Red Dragon and they've kind of skipped um, Silence of the Lambs. So I don't yeah. know, and I've heard rumors already that it's going to that season four is going to be somewhere else, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know yeah. where yet. Yeah. Well, we can hope. <laughs> we can hope. Because yeah. the show is amazing. I don't know how I ever got on NBC. I have yeah. no idea how they ever let that show on NBC. Mm. The show is so goddamn fucking artistic. The, I mean, really, truly, richly, drippingly artistic. Mm-hmm. To such a high degree. The music and the cinematography and the the the, the way that they show present visuals yeah and then 
the music and the it's just so I hate to use the term avant-garde but I don't know another <laughs> word to, right. other than that to use because it it's just so much more rich than anything you would ever normally see on yeah. network TV except for like a Twin Peaks which was yeah. so stylized mm-hmm. and that was on ABC but for this but show to be on that was also on ABC in the 90s it's true yeah. it's true it's true <laughs> but even today for that show to be yeah. on yeah. It's so not a Hollywood thing. It's yeah. so just a very different, well-produced mm-hmm. show. Well, like, I got into it with uh, my bestie, who... He tried to watch Twin Peaks, but he didn't like it. And I'm like, you know... And a couple other of his friends made this point, but, like, we are living in a post-Twin Peaks world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, David yeah. Lynch broke a lot of boundaries, showed that you could do, like, some amazing visual storytelling on TV, and did things that no one had ever seen before. And we take a lot of that for granted now mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. I was having that kind of similar conversation at the first barbecue we all went to yesterday mm-hmm. about about X-Files about mm-hmm. how some people find it hard to watch X-Files I really like X-Files if you watched X-Files when it first came out yeah, I, I, that that guy that was there uh, our, our, our friend's best bud who was there mm-hmm. was one of the first people I've heard who watched the series when it was originally out and then has tried to of X-Files and tried to go back and watch it again yeah. and hasn't been able to get into it again yeah. because of certain things that, the technology and whatnot right. yeah. whereas for me now that show is kind of frozen as a moment in time mm-hmm. and I can go back and visit that nostalgically there's so many things also being a Gen Xer I've straddled that line between pre, pre-technology and technology yeah. and was here for 20 years when things were exactly the same as they've always been with the same set of technology. Yeah. Everybody yeah. had a, a, a telephone, a tel- <laughs> one television, you might have had a, a, a VCR, yeah. and everybody went to the movies and everybody sat down and watched TV when it was on. Yeah. And that was that way since television came out in the 40s, right. and it's been that way for movies since the 19, early 1900s. So... Mm-hmm. It was the same. Everything was the same for a very, very long time. We had cars, we had airplanes, we had TV, mm-hmm. we had television, we had radio. Yeah. Then the computer changed all of that, and eventually, you know, the computer came came about and started becoming our entertainment source, and not mm-hmm. just our tool that we work on at work or tool that we work on at home. Yeah. And so, having had the been around before that, even before cable television, when we all had three channels or five <laughs> channels instead of hundred channels, and now we have several hundred <laughs> channels. So being around, I'm able to be able to go back and forth between those. I'm able to watch things in black and white. I'm able to watch old TV shows yeah. and deal with the fact that they didn't have cell phones mm-hmm. and all that. It's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah, so. absolutely. I just want a moment in the new season of Twin Peaks where, like, you know, Cooper is talking and, like, taking a voice memo to Diane on, like, his smartphone but getting really frustrated with it and, you know, like has moments where he's just like, Oh, I miss, I miss my, my tape, tape recorder. recorder. Yeah. <laughs> I miss my micro cassette. If, if, if Cooper, if good Cooper comes back to us, cause oh, where we yeah. left off and, and if you is haven't Bob. seen Twin Peaks by now, I'm don't care if I'm spoiling <laughs> this for you, but he's, he's, he's Bob. Bob. He's Bob. Yeah. He's Bob. So, so, we don't know if Good Cooper's coming back right. yet. We don't know anything yet. Well, um, we do know from Firewalk with me that Cooper is trapped in the Black Lodge. Yeah, we do know that. Yeah, yeah we saw the. Tw- yeah, we saw that. We saw that. Yeah, that you know. Laura has we that see vision. That vision. Everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
the dream where Annie shows up, uh, the the picture dream that mm-hmm. Laura has. Yeah. My name is Annie. I'm in the good. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the Black Lodge, with Dale. The good Dale is trapped in the lodge and can't leave. Mm-hmm. Write it in your diary. Yeah. <laughs> Such an amazing, amazing show. Oh yeah. So <laughs> great. So great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing an episodic. That's that's has the rated R adult sensibilities of the yeah. movie coupled with the the vision of him and Mark Frost in the TV show. <laughs> By which you mean titties? Well, I know not just titties, but you yeah. Know. yeah. <laughs> Although you know, a lot of the shows that had titties, the main actresses don't show them anymore. They they mm-hmm. kind of like stood up and doubles. have started doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially on Game of Thrones and yeah, other shows. Yeah, Lena Headey had a body double. Yeah, and Emily Clark won't do nudity anymore, mm-hmm. and and so many of the actresses won't do nudity anymore. After like season two or three, they said they we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. So it just. And, and I don't mean to be a pig, obviously, or a complete total lizard brain, but if you're signing up for a show and you're going to be in a show like that to suddenly change the aesthetic of, of, of or the, not well, the aesthetic. Well, ultimately, ultimately, it's their body. You're absolutely right. What they you're please. absolutely right. But it also is one of those things where... You're getting into a show that you know what is going to be involved in going in, and then mm-hmm. halfway through or, or a ways into it, you change all your stuff. But that's just basic consent. You know? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Well, I, I think it is, you know, because, like, let's let's take this out of the realm of, you know, TV shows and nudity and that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. At any point during sex, You're you absolutely can say right. no and You're stop. absolutely right. You can you can put your clothes back on yeah. and walk out the door. You're, yeah. You're, yeah. So it should be yeah. the same for TV. You're right actresses like right. maybe Amelia Clark was comfortable with it back then and now she's not and you know what it's her body those are yeah her no boobs, yeah I, you know? I get it I get it <laughs> I get it there was one actress who left the show because of that oh um the the one of little fingers whores the redhead oh okay. she left the show after season two I think they killed her off or something mm-hmm. I think they gave he I think he gave her to Joffrey oh, for, yeah. for target was, practice yeah um, but she was one of the first actresses who said she wasn't going to do nudity anymore and they mm-hmm. axed her from the show because of that yeah which is so, dumb I mean I have my issues with Game of Thrones in the first place but yeah. you know yeah I mean I you're right I mean that's a perspective that I was kind of dancing around in my head and I, I, I get it, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's one of those things with art. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I've got a sticking point with that. I yeah. don't know. Well, again, you know, like consent changes and that's, that's the whole crux of it. You know, like I've been in situations where I've been comfortable, you know, like swimming topless or something but then there's other situations where I won't and even like halfway through if I changed my mind and wanted to put my swim top back on like I can yeah. you know it's yeah. just how it works yeah yeah also I really hope my dad isn't listening to this <laughs> <laughs> sorry mom sorry god <laughs> yeah my going back to the Kitty, you mean to tell me there's sometimes when you're naked <gasps> I am shocked. Before you guys picked me up for the barbecue, I was just sitting around in my apartment, now that I have no roommates, like, watching Orange is the New Black and eating vegan ice cream naked, so, you know. (laughs) 
But that makes me happy. And not for lizard brain reasons. That just makes me happy. That sense of freedom. Because I, I definitely know that there's times when I do not want to be encumbered with the burden of clothing. Yes, absolutely. And to have that freedom to be able to just... This place. I walk mm-hmm. around, you know, the way that this place is configured. I can walk in, I can walk in or out of every single part of, of our house. And no one can see me. I can, I can just be completely free to be naked if I want mm-hmm. to be. It's really nice because, like, I just keep thinking whenever I come home to my apartment, like, I am the captain of my own spaceship. You know? <laughs> so that's how I think of, of You're my studio. Your own it's, TARDIS. it's my spaceship. That's right. You know? That's Kitty. Spaceship, <laughs> Starship Kitty. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. But um, getting back to, uh, you know, what you said about jail and your parents being strict and everything, um, I remember I was at my grandpa's uh, wake and I was coming around the corner and my dad was talking to his friend and I just kind of stopped to hear what they were saying because they were talking about me, you know, and his friend is like, so your daughter, she's uh, got tattoos and piercings and she's, uh, she's creative. And my dad was like, yeah, well, you know, she's happy and she's doing her art, and so long as she's not in jail. So, <laughs> you know, that's where my dad and it's I all are any, at right now. That's all any parent can hope for. Mm-hmm. Is your kid don't want to end up in jail? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's been many times I've had to talk with Trevor. It's like, just do your best to stay out of jail. Just you know, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. Do your best mm-hmm. to, to, you know, but he's, he's such a good, yeah. there, there, it's so little effort to, to mm-hmm. steer, to keep him steered in the right direction. Yeah. It's yeah. so little effort. Well, the thing that he's guilty of most of anything is just kind of occasionally he just is oblivious. He doesn't understand. <laughs> he doesn't understand what's expected uh, expected of him mm-hmm. of a particular task within a particular moment. Yeah. But that's it. He yeah. never tried to drink bleach. He never tried to burn the house down. <laughs> he never tried to, you know, he never shoved pencils up his nose. He never, you know, he never, you know, tried to make the poo go back in. He never, oh, he never did the, you know, dumb little kid things. He never did things that, that made it challenging to be a parent. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to give you that visual, but uh, oh, parents have to deal with so much. Um, so much poo. So much poo. Um... Yo, I can I can't clean my cat's litter box without wearing gloves. Like I could never no, do it with you. a kid. I get you. I get you. <laughs> no, it's not for a parent. It's not for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just we don't have to worry about him. Yeah, I just I really do hope there's some you know prison reforms and there's some you know legal reforms because like I said, Orange Is a New Black does a good job of showing how specifically a lot of the black and Latina characters get railroaded by the oh, justice sure. system. Oh sure, sure. You know where it's like these people should not be in jail, but they are because you know they're pressured black. to yeah because whatever yeah, yeah because they're racial minorities and they're pressured to plea out and they're told by the DAs who you know don't want to go to trial like look if you take this to trial you're going to lose so you'll end up doing less time this way you know whether they're guilty or not they'll take the deal or you know if they do go to trial again they can only afford a public defender and like good luck with that one oh, yeah. you yeah. know so like. 
I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a very intersectional issue because it gets into racism. It gets, you know, into issues of classism and things like that. Sure, sure. So, you know, um, especially given, you know, my upbringing, like I said, I had mm-hmm. a very similar one to you where it's like everyone who is in jail is bad. It's yeah, like, well, yeah. no. Yeah, you're right. No, they're you're not. Right. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a black and white issue, although, unfortunately, frequently it is a black or white issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 You know, there definitely needs to be a lot of reform, especially when it comes to the drug laws. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, I think legalizing all drugs would, you know, there'd be a free-for-all for six months where the emergency rooms Portugal. would be completely full. But then but then after, yeah, Portugal. Yeah, yeah they, they legalized all drugs something like 15 years ago. All the money that they were spending on incarceration, they used to set up drug treatment facilities. And it's like... You can go there, no questions asked, and like get the help you and need. And it's completely paid for by the government. I yeah. think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. We have this thing in the, in the country of, well, if I don't need it, then no one else should have it either. Right. And it's also this, like, you know, uh, puritanical sense of punishment. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, well, these people are bad, so they deserve it and they should suffer because suffering is good for the soul and God likes it, you know? Yeah. Like, people forget that, uh, you know, our country was founded by religious wackos who were too religious for England at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, they, like, they, The they, Puritans were not fun people. No. <laughs> they, there was a, a question on QI once about, about you know, why did, the, why did the, how did the United States get founded and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Of course, the person got the thing wrong and it was a thing of, of, of the, the base reason was that these people were left England for uh to um to flee religious persecution mm-hmm. that's wrong they came here so they were free to persecute others re- yeah. re- for religious reasons yeah <laughs> so they could continue to boil people in oil and hang them and burn and them burn and burn women for being yeah. smart <laughs> or for being yeah adulterous or whatever yeah. yeah there was a great amy schumer sketch about mm-hmm. witches and witch trials oh. and all that about so I'm I'm kind of glad you brought up Amy Schumer because I'm having a moment where I'm just like no no my homegirl has betrayed me. Um, somebody put an article up I can't remember if it was on Jezebel or Feministing but they were calling her out on how like yes she's really feminist but she's also said some shitty things and made some shitty jokes specifically about black women and Latinas. So. You know, like, it's just, I kind of have to step back. And she put out a statement after this article saying, like, I'm not racist. What I said wasn't racist. And it's like, dude, the author of this article is Latina, and she's telling you you're being racist towards Latinas. Like, you need to apologize. So I don't know if I'm going to stop watching her stuff altogether, but it just, it hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, that sucked, because she's been doing such a great job, you know, Mm -hmm. and has been, like, such a strong feminist voice. But you can't throw women of color under the bus to make your point. Like I, I read that article. Okay. I've read all those articles on that I, because I'm very, very interested in, in following Amy Schumer and her work mm-hmm. and everything yeah. about that. Her, her stand-up... Well, her sketch characters and her stand-up character... Uh, there's a thing in stand-up where... A lot of some comedians are just totally a hundred percent themselves all mm-hmm. the time, whether they're on stage, whether they're not. They're completely a hundred percent themselves always. Mm-hmm. A lot of stand-ups are not like that, and they are a character on stage. Andrew mm-hmm. Dice Clay, 
Yeah. One of the most hated men, one of the most hated comedians of all time, one of the most hated, uh, misogynistic, uh, racist, uh, blah, 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 comedians in the world ever mm-hmm. is a nice, sweet, caring, loving Jewish family man. The character that he was portraying on stage was all the dickheads that he went to school with. Mm-hmm. He was doing that character as satire mm-hmm. to show he was Archie Bunkering. Mm-hmm. Carol O'Connor was not a racist. Carol O'Connor was not a, a, a you know a bigot. Was not a sexist. Was not a misogynist. He was playing a character, mm-hmm. and some people in comedy do that as well. Right. And it's subtle and it's hard to distinguish how they really feel about something from the the their stand-up character mm-hmm. and and they're they're they take those moments and use humor to highlight and to focus light on racism and mm-hmm. issues and things like that. Right. And I read the jokes that they were talking about and I read the things that they were talking about and yes, I'm a white male and I and there's things that that based on cultural programming and things like that that I whitewash over and and mm-hmm. ignore and things like that and I get it. And I understand that people would be offended by that and the same thing with Family Guy and other shows like mm-hmm. that. The thing the jokes that she was making, I'm confident in her answer of what she said of she is not a racist. She plays a character at mm-hmm. times who is just wrong on so many levels mm-hmm. as a point of satire, as a point of humor, and as mm-hmm. a point of... She doesn't really go and bang all the guys in the world. Right. She doesn't really have a yeast infection all the time. <laughs> she, isn't really drinking, she isn't really drinking cranberry no, and, juice all the time. she's very good at playing like that train wreck character, exactly. that like, drunk sorority girl and who all of that. Who is also very white and racially insensitive Mm -hmm. that character is yeah I don't think Amy Schumer is I'm still trying to deal with it like I said I haven't come to an opinion yet but it was still just like oh and I'm not trying to completely defend or exonerate her Mm -hmm. I just think that I kind of get what she's trying to do yeah and I kind of get where her work voice Mm -hmm is yeah. coming from. Yeah. It's just, it's such a phenomena in the movement where... And everybody know, right now is at, on high alert all the time. Yeah. About everything and everyone. And I'm not saying that that's to dismiss any legitimacy of people's claim of feeling racially offended by mm-hmm. what things that Amy Schumer has said. Right. But I'm talking about the feminist movement as a whole. You're right. You know, like there's this, um, you know, like this phenomenon where white feminists will throw women of color under the bus in order to advance the feminist agenda. And it's like, no, feminism is inclusive or yeah. it's bullshit. Right, right. Like, no, that's, I get, I get that's it. how it works. I get it. <laughs> but I don't think that she was throwing anybody under the bus. Yeah. Um, again... There's some humor that she does that is very, very feminist, and there's some mm-hmm. humor that she does that it's very, very drunk sorority girl. Yeah. 
and drunk sorority girl bangs a lot of dudes and is racist. Yeah, drunk... Oh, my God. You saw that one uh, Onion article that was, like, Hurricane Ashley expected to hit five bars during Cinco de Mayo? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. totally get that character, yeah. you know? So, again, yeah. I'm, I'm still so, sitting with it. I just right. wanted to draw attention and, and, to the and fact I, that, And like, I completely... I legitimize your, your concern, and, mm-hmm. I, and I legitimize... Um, uh, 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 the the author of the article yeah. and her concerns over these things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe that Amy Schumer is making fun of those people and is mm-hmm. not that person. Yeah, that's what I believe. She's <laughs> satirizing wrongness, mm-hmm. and in order to satirize wrongness. In order to satirize racism, in order to satirize sexism, mm-hmm. in order to satirize anything, yeah. you have to use sexist, racist, misogynist, awfulnessist, <laughs> wrongist language. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Have to. And I mean, it's, it's all the n words in in Blazing Saddles. Yeah, it's all the. Fill in the blank. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's nowhere near as tone deaf as that, like, you know, three-day weekend feminist retreat that they were going to have at a plantation in Louisiana, you know? Like, I don't know if you heard about that mm. whole thing. It was like a, a rock fest, like, you know, girls rock, like, DIY-type workshop retreat, you know? And it was, like, very expensive. I think it was something like three grand ahead for the entire weekend. And they were holding it at a plantation, you know? It's still owned by some rich fuck off fa- yeah. white family in the yeah, south somewhere. Exactly, oh, you know, and like seriously, like that was just my thing. Is like seriously, nobody on the planning committee, nobody at the top, like not one person was like, "Hey, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe this will make certain people feel like they're not welcome here." Like, <laughs> you know, nobody yeah. said anything, and they just yeah. went ahead with it. And it was this huge well, thing on the internet. That's the that's the true the curse of of privilege. The irony yeah. of privilege is is. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 proof in the pudding of mm-hmm. privilege is you're so privileged that you don't have to even worry about being privileged or yeah. that you can <laughs> ignore the fact that you're privileged. Yeah, there's that one You don't meme. have to deal with the fact that you're privileged. Yeah. Well, I don't feel privileged exactly. Yeah, there's that one meme of the guy that's like, my privilege is being so privileged I don't even have to think about or acknowledge my privilege. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I think the the true mark of, you know, someone who claims to be an ally is, you know, when they do get called out on their privilege, how they react to it. They own their shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think she acted badly or rudely or or was a massive amount of pushback. I think she Mm -hmm. was just trying to say, hey, guys, I'm not a racist. I'm really not. And Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm trying to be... This char- I'm doing this character to mm-hmm. highlight these things, to satirize these things. Yeah. To to satire is the is kind of like the ultimate. You know, it's that thing that my stepdad used to do to me. You make <laughs> you make fun of somebody. You you belittle them. You demean them in order mm-hmm. to, and you highlight their flaws in order to whittle them down and keep mm-hmm. them in control and keep them in line or whatever. It's it's that thing of of. Amy Schumer is calling attention to the uh, to racist and 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 misogynist assholes 
on purpose and 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 plays female characters who at times in sketches who are complete and utter walked on pushed over yeah. abused etc yeah. and oh you don't know him you know she plays <laughs> those characters mm-hmm. that characters like that don't serve feminism but but highlighting the fact that there are women like that 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 allow themselves to be you know mistreated mm-hmm what to whatever degree does highlight it does shed light on it does point out the ridiculousness of it and the how unserving you are to yourself by being that way Mm -hmm. or you know of of the you know women who who do those things and ignore those behaviors and allow those things to happen to them i can't help but think of that one skit she did with all the female scientists who kept apologizing left and right Yeah. yeah yeah yes (laughs) <laughs> and that's such a thing that women are socialized to do, you know, like exactly. all the time. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, Amy Schumer's kind of drunk sorority girl, girl character is socialized to think that black people, Latina people are, mm-hmm. you know, sub sub to them or less than yeah. them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, she's highlighting a lot of the... I, I, I think that a lot of comedy comes from, from personal experience and... and mm-hmm. Like I said, Andrew Dice Clay was was up on stage in the big dumb leather jacket with all the shit, all, all the bling all over it, you know, mm-hmm. telling dirty nursery rhymes and, and, <laughs> and talking about, you know, fucking women in the ass and not looking at them in the face and that kind of thing to highlight, to satirize this, this misogynist, awful character. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't... He quit doing it. Yeah. The same reason that Adam Kroll and Jimmy Kimmel quit doing the man show. Mm-hmm. Because the wrong people were liking it. Mm-hmm. The people that they were trying to satirize, the and people that they were of. making fun of, were liking it. Yeah. It's like frat boys dancing <laughs> and, and singing along to Head Like a Hole. Mm-hmm. It's about you. <laughs> that song is you. <laughs> and, and that's the thing about satire. Mm-hmm. It's subtle. And it walks that line. Yeah. And it's not always easy to get. It's not always easy to understand exactly what the artist is going for. Mm-hmm. Because it uses that inappropriate yeah. language. It uses yeah. that inappropriate well, sentiment. Um, we talked a little bit about this um, on the podcast. And I do not Linda. mean to be mansplaining to you at all. So I'm hopefully... <laughs> what? You are. And I'm yeah. totally not meaning to do that. Yeah. So. Well, we talked about um, Don John on the last podcast uh, with Armando, you know, and how he was like, it's uh, it's feminism for douchebags. And, you know, I was like, I was so like, I can't watch it because I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but he plays the douchebag so well. Right. You know, um, and he made that point. Like, that's, that's the point. He's trying to get this message to the people who need sure. it most, you know. Sure. But, like, I, I do understand satire and, and all of that. Like I said, I haven't come to any conclusion yet. But it did it did hurt to know sure, that she has sure. and that's that stuff legit. in her repertoire. That's legit. And, yeah. and, and the author's article was legit, too. Mm-hmm. And she presented, you know, it was well, it wasn't biased. It wasn't. Yeah. But, and I hope that Amy Schumer continues to work on that and work mm-hmm. and and respond and and react to that well. Yeah. 
yeah. and and to I mean do something to make up for it or, I mean do something that shows mm-hmm. where she's coming from yeah more more better, think, in, in a better way I think one of my biggest problems with it is a lot of those jokes play into stereotypes sure you know sure like um, she had one joke about you know like hardworking Mexicans and she um, had another about like the you know spicy Latina women and everybody knows how I feel about that like, sure you know, sure. and it's that that hypersexualization of women of color, specifically Black and Latina women, that mm-hmm. makes certain people feel like they have a right to our bodies, and mm. that leads mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know actual physical violence, like sexual assault and rape. So, you know, like I said, I get satire, and it's great, and you know, it can do a lot to point out problems, but in the same token like reinforcing those specific stereotypes like do have consequences in the real world right because know? because the people that don't get satire mm-hmm. are going to run with those things yeah, those ideals and exactly. those notions and and we do live in the world mm-hmm. where you know satire does sail over people's heads yeah. and and i and yeah you're right you're absolutely right you're mm-hmm. absolutely right and 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 you know like I, like you said you coming from a a, a a Latina heritage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Well, that yeah. Why yeah. that would hurt, and and, <laughs> and and especially for somebody that you've admired for so long mm-hmm. to have something this, that I'm this, a fan of to have to, yeah. to come up. I could see how much of a disappointment yeah. that down would be. It's and a completely different thing, completely different set of circumstances. But it really fucking sucks to not be able to like Bill Cosby anymore. Mm-hmm. It is. Heartbreaking, yeah. To have loved that man's work mm-hmm. my whole life, yeah. And I can't listen to his material anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't look at him. I can't listen to him speak anymore. Yeah. I can't listen to any of those things. It was such a crushing disappointment. It was as if he died. Mm-hmm. It the same. I feel the same sense of loss of Bill Cosby that I do of Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. That that light. That joy, yeah, that piece of me. So many things that I've said, so many lines from so many albums mm-hmm. and so many shows and so many things yeah. that I have said and have been a part of my comic sensibility and a part of who I am is that it's mm-hmm. like blowing out a candle. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel that strongly about Amy Schumer, but it's like you know, if you found out a friend was talking shit behind your sure. back, it's like, oh, that fucking sure. sucks, dude. Why would you do that? Like, sure. no, I thought we were cool, right? You know, and right. I, I have had those stereotypes bite me in the ass in oh, the real sure. world. Like, sure. there was an ex who was stalking me for a good two oh, months, yeah, yeah. and you know, he was like, what? No, I'm not stalking her. Blah blah blah. Like, she's just being dramatic, and this is where the stereotypes come in he's like oh you know she's like a fiery latina and she has a temper and she's just dramatic and blah 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 and i'm like really dude really like it got back to me from a couple other people Mm -hmm. and i'm like so not only is like this person stalking me and you know generally just being terrible but he's also got racism in his terribleness Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. again i've i've dealt with those you know stereotypes of like you know the hypersexualized latina women and like you know the spicy like fiery latina women who have tempers and like blah 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 you know um so yeah like some of the satire, like if she did mean it as satire, can go over people's heads and they'll just think like, Oh, Spartan Tina women just so hot and they want the sex all the time, like burr, burr, burr touch my dick. 
you know so there there are yeah. real world consequences to yeah. yeah you know playing on stereotypes so i you know like i said your 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 sense of disappointment is valid and mm-hmm. your 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 reticence to to you know at least at least you're not you're you're you it, it sounds like you're keeping up very very fair minded about it and trying, trying. To, and trying to yeah. to really see it through and see yeah. instead of just boom move on you yeah know I mean? exactly because i i did read both you know the article and her response and like you said you know she was like this is my comedy i'm satirizing like blah 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 and like i get that but it's like do you have to satirize like harmful cultural stereotypes mm-hmm. like do you have mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. know so yeah i don't know where i'm at with her yet but it's still just like oh man i thought we were cool yeah like yeah, the yeah. fuck i thought no, we I, were cool. I, that's totally valid that's totally valid <laughs> and again i'm sorry if i've drifted into mansplaining territory i didn't mean i just i just yeah yeah so yeah yeah you yeah, see you know i'm i'm culturally programmed too mm-hmm. <laughs> so so yeah yeah well, I feel stupid now, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so. I don't know. Um, but. I do, on on the plus side for Latinas, I don't know if you saw America Ferreira's uh, open letter I to did. Donald Trump. Like, oh, yeah, that's what you said oh, we were going to talk about yeah, on that Friday. Was, that was amazing. And, like, shout out to her because she's Honduran and, you know, there aren't a lot of Honduran celebrities that people know of here in the U.S. But, you know, she just, like... She read him for filth, and it was, like, the classiest, most eloquent thing, and it's, like, shade of that magnitude cannot be taught. Yeah. And she was just like, thank you so much for letting us know how you really feel about our community, because you've just energized one of the largest voting blocks in the country, and now we're all going to be sure not to vote for you. So truly, thank you. You saved like, us a lot of work. Yeah, she was so classy so elegant about it you know and like elegant and eloquent you know but again it's just like the shade of that like damn you know it was like the best burn it was amazing and like i am a huge fan of her work i thought she was great in caesar chavez she did a good job in how to train your dragon yeah i never understood why she was on that show ugly betty i never found her to be ugly um she's not but you know that's based on a mexican telenovela right no oh yeah there's um it's it's based on betty lefay ugly betty um i actually just found out about this like two days ago okay. but yeah it's based on a mexican telenovela and they just you know reworked it for the u.s and like you know but yeah she's she was never ugly but i thought she played the role really really well of that like awkward nerd right. girl in right. like a very you know high fashion setting and it was a great show <laughs> hmm. cool yeah yeah i never i never watched it okay it's good. I really had liked dirty it. Mexicans in it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> in my day, stormtroopers were white. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have given things of a decidedly Latino demographically driven mm-hmm. uh, milieu a chance. And they don't speak to me. Hmm. I've tried. There's certain things I love. Mm-hmm. Like I love Rob Rodriguez movies. Yeah. I love, you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I also understand that he's definitely very American. Right. And he's definitely... He's from Texas, right? Right. I yeah. think so. Texas, yeah. And, you know, I love Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. but he's... I consider him to be more of a nerd than, oh, a, than, than a, 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 a Latino. <laughs> you know, he. I think he's he wears his nerd badge more proudly than his Latin badge. Yeah, but I think you can be both, and this is. Oh, one I, agree. Thing, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's it's one thing that Dope is trying to get it is that you know subcultures are not you know white people only. Right. Um, and if you see like some of Guillermo del Toro's Spanish horror movies, sure, sure. Like the seen, Devil's Backbone. Right, like, right, right. I loved that. Yeah, you know? that yeah. was great. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you know I saw from Dust Till Dawn and that mm-hmm. was written by Tarantino directed by Rod Rodriguez mm-hmm. Rob Rodriguez and so you know I've, I, in El Mariachi in the original mm-hmm. El Mariachi and um, or Desperado in the original yeah. El Mariachi you know and I've seen there's certain things of those that I've really really liked and have mm-hmm. really spoken to me and really yeah. enthralled me and then there's a lot of other things usually Latin American sitcoms yeah uh, things with Paul Rodriguez or um, uh, uh, oh god who's the guy um, oh god George Lopez yeah 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 and <laughs> and and things like that or or yeah Paul Rodriguez was in a show in the 80s called aka Pablo mm-hmm. and yeah George Lopez and um for a while, I really liked Carlos Mencia, his, like, first season of his, mm-hmm. you know, sketch yeah. show or whatever. Oh, he's Honduran as well. That is literally the only reason my grandma likes him. She has never seen any of his stuff, because otherwise she would be horrified. <laughs> she just knows he's Honduran, yeah. and she's happy about and that. Then a- but then after that <laughs> first season, it, it, was, it just seemed to be the same thing over and over again. And yeah. every show that, that I, everything I've ever seen of George Lopez is... Well, I'm Mexican, you you know, yeah. and it's just yeah. like you're just a one-trick pony at that point. Mm-hmm. You, you there's there's no there's no depth to it. Right. And and you know, and I've sat and watched Sabado Gigante and I <laughs> I watched Johnny Canales when I was mm-hmm. living in Denver and to and it was funny and different and weird and stuff like that, but it's not anything I would watch all the time. But then there's a lot of a lot of Latin culture. I don't hate it. It just doesn't speak to me, and it, it mm. sails over my well, head. Well, it's the same way those like redneck comedians. Don't oh yeah, yeah. Do yeah. it for you, me. You know, that's a perfectly you know? good example. And those are white white dudes. Yeah. And whoosh, right over my head, it yeah. just doesn't or whatever. Yeah. Pass, sails past me. Doesn't mm-hmm. register with me at well, all. Like my friend Fernando was talking about this one girl that he was dating because we both like um, George Lopez. For me, that reminds me of my grandma because she is a lot of those stereotypes you know because she came up here from Honduras in the 30s and and all of that you know so like I can connect on that level and he can as well because he's you know Mexican but he's saying he was dating this girl and she didn't like George Lopez because she didn't get it but she made him watch like you know the redneck trucker comedy special or whatever and he was like why do you think this is funny? Like, I don't get it. So it's, again, you right. know, it's just, like, different right. cultures. Right. see, I grew up in Colorado. I grew mm-hmm. up surrounded by, I mean, my school was probably 30 or 35% Latino mm-hmm. or uh, Hispanic, as they said in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and and 
I was surrounded, lived in Denver. There was always, you know, you always heard guys driving down, you hear the, the mariachi music in the car, <laughs> and you there was always this and that, and you, you saw things, Cinco de Mayo, and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and I, and it, it was always around, and it was just one of those things that never grabbed me and, and drew me in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe because I'm a gr- dumb gringo, but, or whatever, <laughs> but, but, because I'm a dumb gringo, but it was, yeah, it was one of those things. But like I said, I mean, and that's the thing about Guillermo del Toro's work is he's a nerd first and, and definitely there's work that he's done that it has mm-hmm. Latino, uh, culture built into it yeah. and, and yeah. stuff. And, and, and I've seen it and enjoyed it. And, but I think also that thing of he's a, he's a, he's a nerd first and mm-hmm. a, and a, and a a Mexican because and I say a Mexican because he, he is, is Mexican. from he is Mexican he was yeah. born in Mexico yeah he's, he's a nerd first and Mexican second and I even think he said things like that in interviews yeah. you know like I'm nerdist and stuff so yeah so there's things where and you know and maybe that's because it, his stuff was white-ish or something <laughs> I don't know but and, yeah. and that speaks to me and and whatever but yeah I don't know, but I, I do want to say without, you know, things like um, George Lopez's sitcom, we wouldn't have shows like Jane the Virgin now. Mm. And, like, I don't know if you're watching that, but I really, really like it. And I think it's a show that speaks to people who don't, you know, come from Latin families and people who do. Because, like, you know, on the show, it's um, about this girl who, like, she goes in for, like, a gynecological exam or something. Mm-hmm. And, and discover she's up, pregnant. Well, no, they, they end up accidentally thinking that uh, she's there for fertility treatment. So, you know, they artificially, like, inseminate, inseminate her, her. And, you know, she's dealing with that. And, you know, like, her family and, like, the traditions. And, like, they have a really... It's super feminist because they have a really frank talk about abortion. And this is on, like network TV mm-hmm, where mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. most of the time shows are even afraid to use the word but like her family is you know super traditional like the older members of her family are very traditionally you know Latin and culturally Latin but mm-hmm. she's like you know she's an American so it's a really really great show and I like it on a feminist level on like you know a cultural level and everything and Gina Rodriguez is just an amazing actress mm. so yeah, like, as as bad as some of those, you know, early 90s, like, Latino sitcoms are, they paved the way for cool stuff like this. Okay, all right. Cool. <laughs> cool. So is that, would that be your recommendation for the week, Jane the Virgin? Yeah, Jane the Virgin. Hell yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. Danny and I saw that commercial and we're like, "What? Oh no, 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 no!" And it. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. We were Consuela and family. No, 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 no. no. Miss Jane, no here. Um, So we. Yeah. Yeah. So so hearing that that it's not that Mm -hmm. is good because the way that the 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 advertisements for it and the way that it was advertised Mm -hmm. made it look. I had the same Not reaction. Really. I was like, oh, this is just going to be like uh-huh. subtly racist stereotype fest, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mm-hmm. going to be bad. But then like I started seeing all these good reviews on like different feminist blogs and they're like, oh my God, the show is amazing. Oh, and I'm cool. like, all right, I'm going well, to sit down to and give it a that's chance. Good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, right now I'm going to recommend a book that I've actually started slowly piecing through when I when I have all this time to read uh, <laughs> um, it's Greg Proops the smartest smartest book in the world mm. uh, and it's based on kind of 
his various forms of ranting on his podcast, uh, you know, yeah. which is basically his stand-up act, and yeah. uh, it's 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 so amazing. Um, I'm I'm in kicking myself because I didn't go see the last Nerd Melt podcast book show mm-hmm. that he did um, in Hollywood here, uh, and now he's not going to be back in L.A. doing a, mm-hmm. a, a podcast show for quite some time, mm-hmm. and so I'm kind of kicking myself that because I'm yeah. I'm in the mood to go back and see comedy now, and so I. Uh, I really want to get back into it, but mm-hmm. um, I missed the boat because I didn't do it then. So yeah, I, I do want to say like I've been staring at your bookshelf this whole time because your John Cleese book has been staring at me, <laughs> just harshly like staring at me. I, I think that's a look of shock. <laughs> I think it's a look of, 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 of surprise on his face, yeah. the amusement. Yeah. So. So. Well, you know, I was talking about eating ice cream naked in my apartment. So. Oh, maybe you shocked him. Maybe you shocked Mr. I Cleese. I probably did. <laughs> and his delicate Although, sensibilities. Knowing, knowing what I know of John Cleese, <laughs> nope. <laughs> he was best friends with Cram Chapman. I don't think he's shocked by anything at yeah, this point. So. Yeah, But he's been staring this whole time. Yeah. yeah. They do that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh... We're uh, well over an hour and a half. Uh, um, mm. Do tell us where to find you. Uh, you can find me, as always, at kittybrowndesigns.com. You can also find me on Twitter as Kitty Brown and on Facebook as Kitty Brown. All right. I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S-A-Y-N-T-M-Y-K-L. You can find us online as Something2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Check out our blog and listen to past episodes on WordPress. Get the numbers up. Email us at Something2XP at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your hosts, Michael John Simpson and Kitty Brown. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us everywhere online as Something 2XP. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and WordPress. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.